Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. We are Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Presented by Progressive Insurance ESPNU. All of our great ESPN stations across the country. Sirius XM Channel 80. Hello, I'm Michelle Smallman, Evan Cohen with you. Chris Canty back with us in the new year. And Smalls, we got Thursday night football tonight between the Rams and the Saints. We've been discussing all show long, and you guys could be a part of it on the Dr. Pepper call-in line at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. As to a sleeper team, a Cinderella team to go to the Super Bowl this year, as I'm saying maybe the Rams could be that team, and you could be a part of Unsportsmanlike Nation. And the Dr. Pepper call-in line at 888-SAY-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776. ESPN Nation presented by Dr. Pepper. It's not college football season without the delicious taste of an ice cold Dr. Pepper. The ones fans deserve is the Rams could be that team. People in L.A. not happy with the Lakers right now as they have been uh, bad since the in-season tournament. Joel Embiid drops 51 in a win against the Timberwolves last night. But Smalls, we've had conversations about the MVP award so much this year. And I feel like it's been a roller coaster, right, of who's been on that roller coaster, who's been off it, who's been up, who's been down, etc., well, Hall of Fame wide receiver Jerry Rice was on the Warner House with Fred Warner of the Niners podcast and uh, certainly gave a compliment to a potential MVP. Brock reminds me a lot of Montana, his coolness. He doesn't get rattled, and you need your quarterback to be that way. The leadership, his composure, watching him when he first took over and the velocity behind his throws. Hey, man, tight spiral, you know, catchable ball, you know, like that. You know, I, I love it, man. And and his decision-making, he doesn't hold on to the ball that long. Compared him, Smalls, to Joe Montana. Wow. Quite the compliment. Joe Montana. So how can that guy, who Jerry Rice said is like Joe Montana, if he wins this week against Baltimore, how has he not wrapped up the MVP? I think he does. Evan, he's first in QBR. He's first in passing touchdowns. He's first in yards per attempt. He has been outstanding this season. I know a lot of people want to look at where he's drafted and the weapons around him and the scheme in which he plays and use that as a negative towards him. But I don't know. If he, if he wins this weekend, there's no way that he's not the MVP this year. There's just no way. And I wonder if he has a good game and loses the MVP. I think it'll still be open for debate. With a win, I think it locks it up. But I think we'll want to keep that debate raging as long as possible. So if they lose, I think it persists. And here's the other thing about Brock Purdy that I think that we need to acknowledge. Like, a lot of people want to call him the game manager as if that's some sort of insult, which I hate because I don't think it should be considered an insult. I don't think any of his teammates think he's anything but the MVP. Like, a lot of times you'll see in sports – where one person on a team gets a ton of credit and the rest of the team kind of is uncomfortable with the concept of that guy getting a ton of credit. Like you can just, I feel like Baker Mayfield with the Browns. I don't know why that's my example. Baker Mayfield has been great this year with the Bucs, 
But I feel like everybody was around that team. Anytime Baker Mayfield was good, would be like, eh, it's kind of Beckham and Landry, and like that's kind of why he's really good. I'm not yeah. saying I'm right or wrong around that, but like you've got the feeling like, ah, eh, that just feels a little bit off. Or like it's a weird comparison, but remember Lynn Sanity with the Knicks? Yes. Jeremy Lynn, it, it, it seems like an awesome guy who was unbelievable, getting so much hype. I don't know that all of his teammates thought like, oh, yeah, he's going to be this like, great NBA player. And he was, he was a good NBA player. He wasn't great, but like, I think they probably thought, ah, it's really something else or Mike D'Antoni's system or whatever it may be. I know a weird comparison, but you get what I'm going, where I'm going with this. Mm-hmm. We haven't heard any detractors for Brock Purdy amongst those that play with him or know him. The Niners seem to love this guy. So what's the debate anymore about whether or not Brock Purdy's the guy for MVP? Even though he ranks first in so many categories in the NFL, I don't think we think he's the best quarterback in the NFL. And that's where I think the debate starts or the problems people have with him being the MVP. That he they don't view him as the best at his position. I mean, he even said he thinks Christian McCaffrey's the MVP. Even Brock Purdy said that, that he thinks one of his teammates should get it. But Wait, wait, but- Smalls, let me interrupt you because I want, I want to understand this because you're bringing sure. up a fascinating point. You're telling me the, the issue that maybe we subconsciously have with Purdy is that it's hard for our minds to be wrapped around the idea of the MVP is a quarterback who nobody would actually put in their top five of quarterbacks. Yes. When Patrick Mahomes is the MVP, we're like, oh, it's Patrick Mahomes. Like, right. of course, he's the best quarterback. If it were Joe Burrow or if it were a Jalen Hurts or a, even a Josh Allen, th- these are guys that we have put in that category. So, of course, they would be guys that we would deem worthy of winning an MVP award. Brock Purdy's Mr. Irrelevant. Brock Purdy is in a Kyle Shanahan offense. Kyle or Brock Purdy has so many weapons around him. Heading into this year, even though we had, you know, a good feeling about him based on what we saw the year prior, nobody was like, you know what? Brock Purdy is the guy. He's a top five quarterback in the NFL. Therefore, I think it's really hard for people to give him the credit that he deserves, even though his production has been outstanding. Okay, so that is interesting, and it leads me to think about this. Why don't we put him in the top five then? I think after why, this why season, we? we're going to have that conversation. But why don't? Why are we not doing that now? Like Jalen Hurts hasn't had that many great seasons, right? Joe Burrow hasn't had that many great seasons. Meaning they're they're in, like Joe Burrow's well, in he the top five. Went to a Super Bowl. He right, went no, to a Super Bowl. No, no. I understand, but I'm saying he actually hasn't been in the league that long. That's my point. Oh, got right? it. Right? Like Jalen Hurts hasn't been in the league that long. Like so, if the body of work is not there because Brock Purdy all in has played a little bit more than a full season in the league over two seasons. You know, when he, since when he became the starter. But, like, if we're just talking about how they're playing this year, Brock Purdy's a top-five quarterback in the league. Can I Brock, give, Brock Purdy's playing better than Patrick Mahomes this year. He absolutely is. There's no doubt about it. But can I give you what the detractors will say? Go. Joe Burrow is out. Kirk Cousins is out. Aaron Rodgers is out. So, so many starting quarterbacks were injured this year. So, of course, Brock Purdy is going to be in the top five. Now, I'm, this is not Michelle Smallman. This is not Midwest Michelle saying this. I'm just telling you what people are going to say in the mentions when they say Brock Purdy is a top five quarterback. They're going to say the crop of people you're comparing him against this season isn't the same as it might have been in years past. Okay, so then do it this way. Let's talk about those who have played basically full seasons this year. Okay, let's This do year alone, forget their history, forget what you think about when you hear their name. Who's been better this year, Brock Purdy or Patrick Mahomes? Brock Purdy. Who's been better this year, Brock Purdy or Dak Prescott? Brock Purdy. Who's been better this year, Brock Purdy or Josh Allen? Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy or Trevor Lawrence? Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy or Jalen Hurts? Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy or Lamar Jackson? Mm, that's that's a coin flip for me. I could I could 
I could absolutely see you make an argument for Lamar. Brock Purdy or Tua? Brock Purdy. Okay, so what are we talking about exactly? So we're saying that you're, you're saying, and I get where you're coming from, that it's hard for people to wrap their head around the fact that he's the MVP because when they're doing their quarterback rankings, they don't actually have him in the top five. But yet when you compare him to his peers this year and how he's playing this year, he's better than basically all of them, which is why he's going to win the MVP potentially. So like, if, if we why don't we just make that leap then? Sure, but if we did a quarterback draft, just a hypothetical quarterback draft, are you yeah. ev- assuming everyone's healthy, are you taking him in the top five? I mean, okay. he might be an outlier, but I, I don't no, think no, let's, the average let's person play this, would do that. Let's play this out. Okay. If Patrick Mahomes goes one, why is it unreasonable to think that after Patrick Mahomes, the combination of Trevor Lawrence, and I'm not, I don't mean this order, but Trevor Lawrence, Joe Burrow, Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jackson, I'll give it to Hembo and Greeny and all the Josh Allen lovers, put Josh yep. Allen in there, and Brock Purdy. Like, why, why could he not go there? Why could he not be number two? Well, I'm putting Joe Burrow number two automatically. To me, the conversation begins at three. Sure. Why can't he be three? He could. You could definitely make the argument that he would be three. So if given – so the, the number one let, – let's be clear about this. The number one thing that is held against Brock Purdy is that he's not on another team that's worse than the team he's on. Correct. And what I mean by that is that we hold it against Brock Purdy because we play out in our minds – him on the Carolina Panthers, a bad football team, and how they would be better or worse, and we play the hypothetical out, if he was on that team. Instead of looking at it as he's on the best team in the NFL because of him, not in spite of him. The number one thing we hold against Brock Purdy is that he's not on another team. That's absurd. It's ridiculous. And the fact that he's on the team he's on, They have the best record in football along with the Ravens. They're the favorites to win the Super Bowl. He has more touchdowns than anybody else and less interceptions than anybody else. And we hold it against him that he's not on the Carolina Panthers. That's ridiculous. At some point, we've got to look at Brock Purdy and say, you know what? He does make everybody better. He does increase the amount of touchdowns. He does limit the amount of interceptions. And we should celebrate this guy. And we should listen to Jerry Rice when he's comparing him to Joe Montana. Again, that may be a little much but not hold that he's not on the Panthers against him, Smalls. And it's not as if any quarterback could be plopped into that situation and have the same success. It doesn't mean that anybody could replicate that. I mean, look at Trey Lance. If you want to talk about a high draft pick, Trey Trey Lance was supposed to be Brock Purdy, and it didn't work out. And I think people forget that. They They always want to give credit to the pieces around him or the scheme or the coach rather than give him the shine that he deserves. And I think a lot of it is because of where he was drafted. And that's unfair to him. I agree, but I just it drives me crazy that we're going to fight off that he's not the MVP because we don't have him. Or it feels weird to vote him in as MVP because we don't have him in our top five. And my question but, is, why is he not? What, does he need, what more does he need to do exactly? Okay, but here's, here's I guess... My question to you is mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson the best player on the Ravens? Um, yeah, I would think so. Is Brock Purdy the best player on the 49ers? Okay, so I understand where you're going with that, but you know what? I'm going to say yes. You know why? He plays the most important position in all of sports, and he is better at scoring and limiting turnovers at that position than anybody else in the sport. So, yeah. Because how do I know that some of these other guys would be as good without him? Now, they've been great. Christian McCaffrey was great in Carolina. I'm not arguing that. They didn't win. 
Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk were great before he got there. They're better now. Trent Williams has been a basically a Hall of Fame tackle the entirety of his career, but he's better now. For him, Kyle Juszczyk is one of, is the best tight uh, to me fullback in football. Better now, George Kittle, second best tight end maybe behind Kelsey when everybody's right in football. But he's arguably better now. Like he makes every one of these guys better. So uh, if he's playing the most important position, why can't I say he's the best? Yes, Pat. Javante really hates the point you just made, but he's too afraid to say anything. Which point? Go ahead, Javante. Yeah, come on, I Javante. I wouldn't say I was afraid to say anything. I'm just saying you're saying players that are already great are even better now? You don't think so? No. No. They're already I great. I don't think, yeah, I don't think Brock Purdy made Christian McCaffrey better. I think Christian McCaffrey's healthy and he's great. I think that Christian McCaffrey lost a lot of games in Carolina, and they actually won games when he wasn't there. Go look back. He lost a ton of games there, and their record was as good or better when he wasn't there. Um, go look. Christian McCaffrey contributes more to winning now than he did then. And I understand the team around them is obviously is is obviously better. I just, like, why are we struggling to just acknowledge Brock Purdy's awesome? Like, we don't think he makes these guys better? Javante, let me ask you this, and I know we got a break in a second. Javante, everyone will tell us that Josh Allen is better than Brock Purdy talent-wise, et cetera. Are the Niners better if they have Josh Allen? I know that sounds ridiculous, but are they better if they have Josh Allen knowing how many turnovers he, he normally commits? Uh, Probably not. They'd probably be the same, but the thing is we don't know if Josh Allen would have the same turnover problem if he had Christian McCaffrey to hand the ball to repeatedly and Debo Samuel. But he's got Gabe Davis. He's got Stephon Diggs. Like, can we say that he makes those guys better? I, does he? Maybe he does. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know that it's as obvious as what's like, whatever's happening in San Francisco is working. I think they all make each other better. And I, I got a note from uh, the great uh, Debbie in Long Island at Epco Radio tweeting in the, um, uh, the Dr. Pepper inbox. This is a good one. She said, Smalls took the thought out of my head. Brock is keeping up with the elite talent. That's a great way of looking at it. Brock Purdy, if, if we're going to say all these guys are great, he's keeping up with them. So, yeah, he's the MVP. Yeah, he's the best player. He's the quarterback. It's more important than any other position. But really quickly, yeah. keeping up with talent and setting the standard are two totally different things. And I think that that's where people have an issue. All right, let's continue like, this conversation, okay. Smalls, coming up here. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888 so forget the MVP, but when you're doing the rankings for top five quarterbacks, is Brock Purdy now in there, plus your Cinderella Super Bowl pick? If you had to pick a team like the Saints and the Rams who are playing tonight to, to make a Super Bowl, a Cinderella Super Bowl pick, who are you picking? 888-SAY-ESPN. We're on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. 
Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. We are Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio, ESPNU. We are presented by Progressive Insurance, along with Michelle Smallman, Evan Cohen, with you. Having the conversation about Brock Purdy, MVP, and really the assessment of Brock Purdy. Jerry Rice comes out and says he reminds him the coolness of one Joe Montana. Not a bad comparison. And I'm of the belief, Smalls, that what's held against Brock Purdy is that he's not on another team and that everybody sits there and says, well, let me see him do it somewhere else. So, okay. So you want him to just, like, not sign with the Niners because all of the critiques are, I got to do it with a bad football team. Instead, I could be with a great football team, win a ton of games, and potentially win a Super Bowl. As you pointed out, not everyone can do what he's doing. You can't just plop every quarterback in there. And the other thing that I would say is ego matters with this. Right? Like, He's go on. He's he's not no because now I see already you're going to try to use this against me. So now no, I no, re- I'm just no, okay. I'm very intrigued. <laughs> I'm intrigued. I, I don't know where you're going, so I want to know. Okay, so my argument would be this: I don't believe that every quarterback would accept the game plan that Kyle Shanahan puts together when it's just about making everybody else look good at times, dinking and dunking. Don't turn the ball over. Slants, you know, screens out of the backfield, whatever it may be. Other quarterbacks may be like, no, no, let me cook a little bit. And he's cooking by doing what Shanahan's asking and not, you know, just run and gun type offense. Like, I think him accepting a role has made him a star. That's what I mean. I don't think every quarterback would do that. So you think other quarterbacks, instead of saying, yes, chef, would be like, give me the apron? Yes, chef. Yes, exactly. Yes. Hmm. You don't think so? Even though Kyle Shanahan is a great offensive mind, and they know that if they go along with with what he is instructing in the scheme, that they're likely to have more success. I think for a lot of quarterbacks, some some maybe would want to cook, but I think for them, winning is the most important thing, so everybody would be deferential. Well, I got two quarterbacks as examples. It took Russell Wilson last year to get to this year, and it took Josh Allen the first part of this year getting Ken Dorsey fired to get to where we are now, where he completes seven passes in a game against the Cowboys, and they kicked the Cowboys' butt. So, I mean, those are my two examples of maybe not every single quarterback would do it that way. Kevin in Chicago listening on ESPN 1000. What's up, Kevin? Guys, good morning. I'm a huge Niners fan, first and foremost. Love your show as well. Thank you. Um, Just want to say that I do love Brock Purdy. I do think that he should be considered for NFL MVP, but I do think that there are other people out there. If we're doing a quarterback draft, if I'm taking a top five quarterback, I don't know that I'm taking Brock unless that Kyle Shanahan is the coach behind them. Mm-hmm. Again, so again, Kevin, like I said, it's held against Brock Purdy that he's not on another team. It's held against Brock Purdy that he is not on another team because we don't know if he's lifting other people up or they're lifting him up or both. It is held against him. He's not on another team and not playing for another coach. It's ridiculous. Kevin in Montana watching on ESPN2. What's up, Kevin? Hey, how are you? Uh I just wanted to say I'm a Brock Purdy dude. I'm I'm fine if he would be MVP, but I think your debate is one way. Let me ask you a couple of questions. Yeah. Would Baltimore be better if Purdy was their quarterback? Baltimore would have to play differently because they, they are properly exactly. okay, right, but okay. they but, okay, but now, so would San Francisco oh, no, 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 if Lamar ask, was theirs. But go ahead. Hold on, hold on. Okay, let me ask now. If Lamar went to San Francisco, would they still be good? I don't know. Because you they would have to you they really would have to don't. run 
Or no, Evan. Then no, no, hold on a and second. If you put Lamar Jackson on that team, you don't think that they would still be a great Of course they would on. be. But Kyle Shanahan would not run his offense the same way. He would not do it the same way. He would the the offense would likely be altered intentionally to make sure the unbelievable skill set of Lamar Jackson is maximized. Again, what are we talking about? It is held against Brock Purdy that he's not on another team. What, what do you want the guy to do? He plays on the team that he's on. He plays with the players that he's on that is on his team. He plays for the coach that calls the plays, Smalls. What do you so we want to Wait. play this if he was on this team and that team? He's on the Niners. Can I give you a comp? I feel like Brock Purdy is Florida State. Like, he's done everything that's asked of him, yet we still don't want to put him in the playoff. Maybe. I mean, I shouldn't be critiquing other people's comps. I've made some terrible <laughs> ones on this show. Uh, Justin in North Carolina on 99.9 The Fan in Raleigh. What's up, Justin? So I just wanted to say, I think that the problem with your argument is people look at it as good and great players. I think you can put a good quarterback in some teams, and they'll be bad. And Brock Purdy is a good quarterback on this team that's good, and he looks really good. But I think by saying Brock Purdy has done all of this to make these players better, it takes away from their greatness. They have yards after catch, and Brock Purdy gets those stats. So his stats look amazing. But if he throws it for five yards and Debo runs for 25, it's still a 25-yard touchdown. So that's never happened in the history of the NFL. He's the first quarterback to get yak yards I mean, what are we doing, guys? It's un- we are just making stuff up. He has been phenomenal. Again, he has. it's now held against him he's not on the Ravens. I brought up the Panthers. It's now held against him that he's getting guys in good position to catch the football and run with the football because he's the only guy in history to ever have that happen. What are we doing? Okay, but when we're having the MVP conversation, usually we're like Tyreek Hill, best player on the Dolphins, right? Yeah, but you know what? If I'm going to use the Brock Purdy arguments against Tyreek Hill, he doesn't throw himself the football. It has to be somebody else to throw him the football in the air, and he gets credit for those yards when the ball's in the air. I think we're we're usually talking about the one person on the team who stands above the rest, who elevates everyone around them. They are the clear-cut best person on their team. We're talking about a Tyreek Hill. If you you look at the Browns, we had Miles Garrett as a non-quarterback in that conversation. Best player on his team, no? Uh, Patrick Mahomes, best player on his team. I think for some people, it's hard to wrap their head around him being the MVP of the 49ers when they don't even think he's the singular best player on his team. Well, you know what he is. I'll say it. I have no problem saying it. I think Trent Williams is the best left tackle in football. I think Christian McCaffrey is the best running back in football. George Kittle is arguably the best tight end in football. Debo Samuel may be the best, along with Tyreek Hill, playmaker in football. And yet I still think Brock Purdy is the best player on that team because he plays the most important position with the most amount of pressure, with the most and highest chance to make mistakes, and doesn't make mistakes. So okay, yeah, so, Brock so Purdy is the best fan. player in the Niners. You're a Patriots fan. If you could add one player to the Patriots, you're not taking Christian McCaffrey, you're going to uh, take Brock Purdy? No chance in hell would I take anybody else but Brock Purdy. Wow. If you If you give wow. me Brock Purdy with Bill Belichick, I've seen... I've seen quarterbacks <clears throat> with Brock with, with Bill Belichick who are mis, who are not mistake prone and what they can do. So yeah, give me Brock Purdy above okay. all. Okay. We're on Sportsman like on ESPN Radio. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two. 
Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. CC back with us in the new year. Along with Michelle Smallman, Evan Cohen with you. Smalls, let me ask you a question. You just brought up uh, the Philadelphia 76ers and they're a great win over the Timberwolves. Sure. Last night, Joel Embiid at 51. He's been ridiculous this season. So I need the Michelle Smallman guide on this. Okay. You refuse to give the Cowboys credit in the regular season for wins because you've seen it, you've been there, you've done that. You want him, you want them to prove it in the postseason. Sure. You just highlighted Joel Embiid's fifty-one. Is it not yeah. the same with the Sixers? Don't you need to see it in the postseason? He's never been to a conference championship. Or like, are we, are we grading them the same way? Just curious. You brought it up. No, because the the standard around the Dallas Cowboys is different than that of the Philadelphia 76ers. It's completely different. Because of the America's team label? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, but I mean, I oh, I get it, but I also look at it and I say that, like, cool, he's had 51, he's an MVP, they're awesome in the regular season. I need to see in the postseason. And I still don't buy that I'm going to. They're going to have he, moves at the deadline, but I still don't buy that I'm necessarily going to. As great as uh, Embiid has been, as great as Maxie's been, Nick Nurse is the head coach. I mean, they've been phenomenal. Let's not... Let's not Ignore that part of it. But like the Cowboys, there are some teams in sports that you would look at and say, I got to see them in the postseason. You know what? That's actually a very great comp, not only because they haven't had the same success in the postseason, but because the Dallas Cowboys America's team is the 76ers trust the process. It's almost like when you have that catchphrase or that label surrounding you, we ramp up the expectations. Expectations are ramped up for the Niners. This has become a hot topic this morning. Brock Purdy. So Jerry Rice Hall of Famer, greatest of all time, arguably, at the wide receiver position, was on Fred uh-huh. Warner's podcast and had this to say in this comp about Brock Purdy. Brock reminds me a lot of Montana, his coolness. He doesn't get rattled, and you need your quarterback to be that way. The leadership, his composure, watching him when he first took over and the velocity behind his throws. Hey, man, tight spiral, you know, catchable ball. You know, like that, you know, I, I love it, man. And and his decision-making, he doesn't hold on to the ball that long. You know what's interesting? If Joe Montana had the exact same career today that he had then, he'd be critiqued the way that Brock Purdy is critiqued. Joe Montana was never a massive regular season stats guy. Joe Montana had Jerry Rice. He had John Taylor. He had Brent Jones. He had Roger Craig. He had ridiculous skill position players. And he was never this over-the-top crazy stat guy because what he was was figuring out ways of winning at all time. His accuracy was ridiculous. He is arguably the second quarter, uh, greatest quarterback of all time behind Tom Brady. But 
he did not have the stats that Dan Marino had, let's just say, or John Elway had. And yet, we don't retroactively change our opinions on Montana because he won all the Super Bowls. Correct. And I don't understand why we're doing this to Brock Purdy. It's like we put him through the ringer because of all the stuff that he doesn't have or he doesn't have access to. Well, he's on too good of a team. He's in too good of a system. He's with too good of a coach. His, his defense is too good. His left tackle is too good. We, like, refuse to give this guy credit as we're trying to make him the favorite per ESPN bet as MVP, and yet we don't take the step back and say, well, there have been a million other guys like Joe Montana where the point of this conversation comes up that were actually exactly like him. Yeah, but he's got the hardware. He's got four Super Bowls. He was a three-time Super Bowl MVP, Evan. So I, I think it's hard to view Brock Purdy through that lens, even if there are similarities, because we know the end result with Joe Montana. If Brock Purdy goes on to have the same type of success or even half that success. Which I'm not saying he's going to, Smalls. I'm not, I'm not saying he's going to become Joe Montana, obviously. I'm not saying that. Right, but without that success, it, I don't know. It's hard to differentiate the two because we, we have the full body of work with Joe Montana. Right. So we, we know that he was one of the great ones on that team, not a product of the great ones on that team. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776, your telephone number to be a part of the show. Devin in North Carolina listening on 99.9 The Fan in Rally. Hey, how's it going? Thanks for taking my call. Um, I just wanted to say with Brock Purdy, I think the reason people don't want to give him credit is because that would require them to reevaluate the draft. Uh, there's so many mm-hmm. people that get obsessed with picks and assets and, you know, getting the fastest guy and the tallest guy and the strongest arm. And that very rarely works out. I mean, Josh Allen is the exception if you really think about it. Um, and so for them to find a, a competent quarterback with the last pick in the draft and their Super Bowl contenders, um, I think that that just makes people uncomfortable because their conception of the draft is not accurate. That's an interesting one. It really is. So you're saying it retroactively goes back in time and throws out everything that we are saying we believe about the draft. Because we sit here and we evaluate it and, oh, we got this wrong. But it, this thing, Smalls, one of the greatest parts about, like, the Brady story is that the Patriots always say that they got it wrong six times, five times before they pick Yeah, it. exactly. Right? They don't, they don't think, like, oh, we got it right. It's an inexact science. And I think Mel Kiper Jr. would be the first one to say, like, he scouts, he evaluates. Mel is better at that than anyone that has ever lived. And Mel will be the first one to tell you, I'm sure. I'm not speaking for him, and I don't know him well. I've spoken to him once, right? I would guess, Smalls, he would sit there and say, I evaluate, but once they get to the team, it's on the team and the player and the circumstance to to then perform in that level. But, yeah, obviously, everyone got Purdy wrong, including the Niners. It's not like that was their first pick of the draft. But that's an interesting way of looking at it. It is, but it's also funny that we still use where a player was drafted as our barometer for success, especially at that position, position considering the greatest of all time was drafted in the sixth round. Right, right. And, like, I'm, I'm going to continue to lean into the fact that I believe that Brock Purdy is the best player in the Niners. I, I, I believe it. That's believe- fine. You, you can draft him. I'll take Christian McCaffrey. Fine. That's cool. That's How, cool. And you could be the Carolina Panthers with McCaffrey, and I'll be the Niners with Purdy. Uh, Ryan in Texas on ESPNU joins us. What's up, Ryan? Hey, guys. Absolutely loving the show. Uh, but I agree with you. I think we shouldn't hold it against him, almost like the CFP shouldn't have held it against Florida State for being in the conference they're in and putting them, well, they don't have their quarterback. They should have trusted them. I know that may be a stretch, but I do agree with you that Brock Purdy 
MVP candidate should not be held against him. It's not his fault. He plays where he plays. Smalls, how did you, thanks for the phone call. How did you turn this into a defending FSU argument and now you have people rallying? That's right. what, what has happened here exactly, Smalls? Because Florida State did everything that was asked of them, and yet we didn't, or the committee, I should say, didn't deem them worthy enough of being in the playoff. Brock Purdy has done everything that was asked of him, yet a lot of people don't deem him worthy enough to be a top five quarterback or an MVP. So that's that's where I'm getting at it. It's like he's done every single thing that's required of him. He has had great success this season, but we're just like, I don't know. We're looking at the what would be the strength of schedule, looking at the weapons around him. We're trying to find ways to knock him down and not put him in that that very elite category, which is exactly what happened to Florida State. Because they didn't have their star player, we did we being the committee, didn't want to put them at that elite level. I think that it's a good comp. Obviously, many others do as well. I'm surprised by that. (laughs) Can I ask a a question real quick for clarification? I don't understand what we're holding against Brock Purdy. Okay, good question. So I think that people... (laughs) No, I'm just going to say good question. That's my answer. Uh, I think people, (laughs) Pat, always go to the place of, well, what would he do, what would he be like if he didn't have Kyle Shanahan or if he wasn't playing in that system? Or if he didn't have Trent Williams or Christian McCaffrey or Brandon Ayuk or Debo Samuel or like, cool, I'm a national radio host that can name players on the best team in the league. Congratulations. Um, Like, we always go to that place with him and we hold it against him like, oh, he's a system quarterback. What do you want him to do? That's the team he's on. Those are the weapons he has. And he is almost perfect at utilizing them. You don't think it's held against him that he's not playing in a different system for a different team? He's the MVP favorite, and we're saying they're the best team in the league. I don't get how anyone's saying anything disrespectful about him. Maybe we have discussed some of these things, but he's the, on ESPN Bet, he's the favorite. I understand, but Smalls' whole point to start this was he may be the favorite, he may be the MVP, but nobody actually has him in their top five quarterbacks that they would draft. I think, well, draft, but, I mean, I think there are plenty I think of people dumb. who have him in not the top Smalls five quarterbacks comment, but, right now. We talked about it Wednesday, maybe, that he was a top-five quarterback, and we didn't even blink at it. Okay, but, Pat, if you're going to do the quarterback draft going into next year, and this is, again, the, the penalty that he's not on the team, or he's on the team he's on, and we're going to say empty roster. You have to start an expansion tra- a franchise and top-five QB draft. I don't think he'd be drafted. I don't think he'd be drafted in the top five. I don't even know I that he'd be drafted so in the top ten. Yeah, and I think we're wrong to do that. If you have a blank, if you have literally – one spot available on a roster to start a team with, and we're starting an expansion team next year, and we have to only draft quarterbacks, I don't think he's a top 10 pick for most people out there, and I think that they're wrong. I think he should be. That's the whole point. And you would take him top five? I would. Okay, so what's your list then? Expansion, draft, top five. Where are you going? We'll get to that coming up. Maybe (laughs) Dak Prescott will be on that next. It's on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. (laughs) We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com.
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. We are Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio. ESPNU, we are presented by Progressive Insurance. Alone, Michelle Smallman, Evan Cohen with you. Chris Canty back with us in the new year. All right, Smalls, what is the question that we need answered here that you are bringing up? The five quarterbacks yep. in an if, expansion draft? Sorry, I was turning up my headphones here. If we were having an expansion draft right now, we're right. starting franchises, and we can each draft a quarterback, who are the top five guys off the board? Okay, so obviously Mahomes is going to be number one. Correct. I'm just going to talk this out how I'm thinking about this in terms of the top five. Mahomes is going to be, obviously, I have Lawrence and Burrow. I do, too. I have Burrow. Uh Lawrence is number four on my list. So I have six for five spots. Okay, and I'm going to re- okay, right now. I have six for five spots, okay. and this is this is the point of where I think Purdy is, in no particular order other than Mahomes number one. Mahomes, Lawrence, Burrow, Hurts, Lamar Jackson, and Brock Purdy. Those are the six guys that uh-huh. I, w- I I think that Brock Purdy has surpassed Justin Herbert. I would take Brock Purdy over Dak Prescott, and I'm a Dak Prescott fan. Those are the six guys that I would look at. Like, at some point, we have to look at Lamar Jackson says he went in, and at least acknowledge he wins a ton of games and he can do a lot of different things and he's becoming a much better passer than he ever was. And, like, he's, he's potentially going to win MVP again, maybe, if Brock Purdy falls off here the last few games of the season, but I don't think he will. So my point in, in saying this is, yeah, could I take him in the top five? Yes, I could. Yes, I could. I cannot. I have Mahomes, Burrow, Lamar, then Trevor Lawrence. I go... Josh Allen, five, which I know you're going to think is crazy. Then I have Jalen and Dak right there. So I get to seven guys before I even consider Brock Purdy. Josh Allen, you would say? I put him top five, yeah. I still would, even despite the interceptions. I'm taking Josh Allen top five. Yeah, and he's had a a great few weeks here, even though he only completed seven passes in the last game, obviously. But I am fine taking all of those guys but Josh Allen. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I, I don't think I would do it I think that like at some point we have to acknowledge this guy just doesn't make mistakes and he wins games and again what's the argument it's well what is he going to do when they're not around or what is he going to do when they're hurt again we're playing that game of of them performing or him performing with a team that he's not on that's it's just where we go in terms of that argument against him by the way the team that they're playing this week San Francisco the Baltimore Ravens you know the best team in the AFC right now the team that potentially can get home field advantage in the AFC, the team that's playing on the road at the best team in the NFC, where the team in the NFC, San Francisco at home, is favored by five and a half, which really means two and a half on a neutral field. Um, Kyle Hamilton, their safety, had this to say about the fact that the Niners are favored over the Baltimore Ravens. The 11 and threes are not created equal right now in terms of the 49ers versus us, and we feel a little disrespected by that. I feel like we are the best team in the league, and uh, we've got an opportunity in front of the country to show it. What exactly is the disrespect right now? Can you explain that one to me? I think it's manufactured. I think that going into this game, which is obviously a huge one, 
they have to find some bulletin board material. But I think most people are saying that the Baltimore Ravens are the best team in the AFC and that they're the likely team to represent the AFC in the Super Bowl. No one is looking at that team and really saying there's a lot of holes or that they think that they're vulnerable or that they're overrated. So I don't really know where this disrespect notion is coming from unless you're strictly looking at them not being favored in this matchup. Yeah, I I agree. I think these guys just make it up. I think they just literally make it up and they put it out there. We're disrespected. We need to put a chip on our shoulder, so on and so forth. Smalls, I think they're just literally making this stuff up. Can I rebut this? Yes. We just spent an hour talking about Brock Purdy being the MVP and barely talked about Lamar Jackson in that conversation at all. I think they're completely right. I think that we have overlooked them all season. I think Lamar Jackson has a way stronger case for MVP, and we barely bring him up in the conversation. We've talked about every other quarterback in the MVP race throughout the year, and Lamar has been there the whole time, and yet we never give him the love for it. Now that I agree with. Lamar has an absolute argument that he's been disrespected and overlooked this season. But if we're talking about the Baltimore Ravens as a whole, that I can't go down. I can't go down that path. And that's, I do think that Lamar Jackson is constantly overlooked, even this season when he's having another MVP caliber season. You're right. We talked about Dak. We talked about Tua. We've talked about, obviously, Brock Purdy. We talked about Tyreek Hill. We've talked about Christian McCaffrey. We barely bring up Lamar as the MVP. You're right. He should have some beef with that. Well, and by the way, Pat, like we're all in agreement on that. And Smalls has brought that up today. The idea of if Kyle Hamilton's comments were, I can't believe shows like Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio and ESPNU presented by Progressive Insurance are spending all this time debating Brock Purdy, who, by the way, is way more debatable than Lamar because Lamar is a given, I think, for most people at this point, sure. which is a good thing. But Smalls brought that up. The idea that if if they were to just sit there and say, why is our guy not getting the love as, as everyone else seems to be, I think we're all on board with that. Lamar is actually criminally underrated. That's been a theme on our show for the last couple of weeks. That Rams game was the game for me this year. That third and 17 touchdown or whatever it was late in the game to, to basically send it to overtime and then the walk-off punt. I thought that was a statement game against a good football team in the Rams. And that was the game where you realize, okay, this team is legit. They're the number one seed in the conference. They've won eight of nine. But but here is where, here is where I'm going to counter the counter. Okay. The Ravens have done this to themselves. Why? Hmm. They didn't want to pay him this offseason what he wanted. Oh. He held out a little bit. He asked to be traded. There was a part of us that had the conversations questioning, is Lamar the guy? Do the Ravens feel like Lamar is the guy? Do the Ravens need someone else to offer him a deal to match it to prove that he's the guy? They didn't want to set the market with Lamar Jackson. So I actually think in a weird way the Ravens have led us into the conversation to not ignore Lamar Jackson, but to place him in the back of our minds instead of the front of our minds. Because I promise you, if Lamar Jackson got more guaranteed money than Deshaun Watson, if Lamar Jackson this offseason became the highest-paid quarterback in the history of the NFL, we would look at him all year differently because we'd actually hold him to a higher standard, and maybe we'd actually be more critical of him. So maybe in a good way, it's 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 good that we're not that way, and they didn't do that. But I actually think the Ravens walked us into this, Smalls. You know what, Evan? That's a good point, and I didn't even consider that. Why does it pain you to go to that point of, you know what, Evan, that's a good point. That pains you to think that I could actually come up with anything that would be of any ounce of intelligence, Smalls. Well, you know what, Evan? A broken clock is right twice a day. Again, another you know what, Evan. <laughs> that's two you know what, Evans, in less than 30. At least go with Owen, what Udonis Haslam called me, and go with you know what, Owen here. 
But you know I think what, that's. Oh boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, we haven't even really talked about the fact that you were called Chris. Oh, yeah. I've been so far this week, I've been called Chris and Owen. Which one makes more sense? I mean, Chris makes sense. There is a Chris on the show. He's just no. not here today. Obviously. But you don't look like a Chris. You definitely. You definitely don't sound like him Owen. either. No, I don't. Yeah. But I, I sound and look like an Owen. Yeah, you could pass for an Owen. Like, if I didn't know your name, you would just and we were assume just it's meeting Owen? for the first time, and somebody's like, oh, have you met my friend Owen? I wouldn't be like, wow, he doesn't look like an Owen. You don't think I look, I, I don't sound like Chris Canty, but no. I couldn't be a Chris? No. Really? Chris's have a certain energy. You don't have it. What the hell does that mean? <laughs> what kind of energy does a Chris have that I don't have? I'd like to have a Chris energy. Where do I get a Chris energy? I don't think you can manufacture it. I have Owen energy. Big Owen energy. We're on Sportsmanlike. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle.